day. And thanks for checking in on the latest on what's going on at Journey Church. Our prayer is that today's teaching will inspire you and ultimately draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus. So no matter what you're doing, relax and enjoy this next message. Let's talk about fasting for a moment. Here's what I want you to do. This is, this is a big deal. And this will draw you closer. This will, this will give you a breakthrough in your life if you want it. If you want this, it's yours. Just like the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit doesn't force anything on you just like Jesus is a gentleman. He, he, he doesn't come in and, and bang through the door and be like, hey, it's time to get saved today and you're going to do it. He stands at the door and what does he do? He knocks. Okay? That's why we have a relationship with him, not a religion. If you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, this is a religion institution, you would be wrong. I don't mean that meanly. All right? I don't mean this rudely. We love our Jesus. We know who our Jesus is, and we know that it was a relationship, not a religion. And it's important that you know the difference, because a religion is things that distort the name of Jesus, which, in, and I don't ever share my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you right now, right? Anything that distorts the name of Jesus is a cult. And there's a lot of Christian denominations out there that distort the name of Jesus that are cultic. And you need to know the difference. That's why we had this really cool series called Apologetics. I hope you, I hope you were here for that. Knowing why we believe what we believe. But let's talk about fasting, because we need to know how this is going, what this is going to do to us, and how it's going to help us, or if it's going to help us at all. Now, last week we said that in order to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, you have to pursue a godly lifestyle. We learned what that meant. We talked about what the prompting of the Holy Spirit was, and then we said that you have to build your life on godly principles. Before you can begin to fast and understand what fasting means, I encourage you to go through your notes from last week, right? You can go to our church app. And the notes are all the way down there, and I always give a little special stuff on the app. You can turn over your weekly right now and start taking notes. You can write in your Bible. You can take out a pen. You can start now. Right now, I, I encourage you, you can start now. I'm just, I'm not kidding at all. Here we go. Listen, what does fasting mean? Right? We look in the Bible, does it ever say, like, this is what fasting means? It doesn't. It doesn't actually say fasting. Boom, boom, boom. But, he, but, but it kind of does. So fasting, the word fasting means to cover your mouth and abstain from food. Ryan, can you fast from other things? We'll get there. Absolutely. But if we're going to talk about the idea, so when you look through the Bible and you see all of these men, right, that are on their hands and knees pleading for God, they're fasting from a food situation. Okay? Can you fast from other things? Absolutely. We'll talk about different kinds of fast that we find in the Bible. But as of right now, I want you to know just a fundamental foundation of what we know in the Bible. It means to cover your mouth and abstain from food. It's, it's always a reference from food, the stories that we find, but it never actually says that it has to be just food, all right? So fasting. So the first thing you have to do before you fast is self-examine yourself. Where am I? I really you encourage you to, to write self-examine. down your experience because you're going to be a different believer when you're done. And it's important to look at your journey along the way because if you just, it's like looking in the mirror every day. You don't really see the results, but if you, if you really start to cut weight and you really start to run, you really start to incorporate cardio and you really start to like have a healthy lifestyle, right? You, you look in the mirror two, you know, two weeks later, you feel it. Four weeks later, you begin to see it. Eight weeks later, you begin to hear it. It's going to take a little time, okay? So if you just, if you don't talk about it, if you don't write about it, if you don't look about it, then you're not going to feel the effects. And I challenge you, I know that the Spirit is going to do that. But the first thing you have to do today is you have to self-examine yourself, where you're at in your life, and you've got to be honest. 
have honest and open prayer and dialogue and relationship with your Savior. He understands your sorrows. He understands your pains. That's why he came in, a, in the form of a human body. He wanted and needed to know how you and I feel on a daily basis. So he gets it. So when you write it down, say, today is terrible. Today sucks. And let me tell you why. And at the end of it, say, but Jesus, I believe in you and I love you. And I trust you that you're going to get me out of this. And I trust the fact that I do not know what's going on. And I also trust the fact that you know what's next. And in the meantime, I will just do that. I will trust you. Self-examine yourself. Be open about the sin that you're struggling with. If you're a guy here today and you're struggling with pornography, then be open about it. Say, I want more. I want more in my relationship with, you know, with, with, with my wife. I want more with my relationship. And this is a sinful, twisted, dark culture. And nevertheless, I'm still struggling with pornography, be honest about it. You have to self-examine because if you just go in in denial about what you are, Jesus can't work on that because you're too busy working on yourself. Well, I'm not, I don't really have this problem. Sure you do. Sure you do. Absolutely you do. And be open about it. Be strong about it and own it. Own your sin and give it to God. So first, self-examine yourself. Before you can fast, the second thing after that is you have to submit to God. You've got to be okay that with whatever happened, and however it happens, you're going to trust the fact that he knows best. And more than likely, sometimes you are going to draw closer to the Lord through somebody that you are not a huge fan of. And they're going to challenge you. You're going to be like, you're the last person in my life that I'm going to listen to. And yet that may be the voice of the Holy Spirit right then and there. And if you miss it, it's because of your pride and your arrogance and not Jesus's. That's going to be a missed opportunity. I want to direct your attention to James 4, 7 through 8. This is the verse you must reflect, do, honor, self-examine in order to truly be ready to fast. And we'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why in just a moment about why we want to fast. So, and there's going to be six, there's going to be six words, six, six phrases that I want you to write down because these are going to be like the, 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 the bones and the structure of how to prepare yourself, self-examine yourself, and most importantly, submit yourself to God before you begin to fast. So one, humble. Humble is your first one. Humble yourselves before God. Humility. Resist the devil. Resist is the second one. And I'll break these down, what these mean. And he will flee from you. Come close, come close. It's the third one. To God. And God, here it is, will, which is a promise, Come close to you. Wash, there it is, highlight, your hands, you sinners. It's always nice to get called out, right? You sinners, purify your hearts for your loyalty. Highlight the word loyalty is divided between God and the world. This is not only how you fast, this is why we fast. We live in a dark time with a dark culture. And let's be honest, fasting is countercultural. We are surrounded by things that tempt us. And I can't watch TV more than a couple minutes without seeing like the next greatest cheeseburger out there. And there are some great cheeseburgers out there. Holy smokes, I love pickles. I could eat pickles out of a jar all day. Some of you may find that disgusting, but I would rather have more pickles on a bun than a cheeseburger sometimes. I love pickles, right? And the thing is, is that you've got to know going into fasting what you're up against. Anything from something silly like that to really intense stuff. You're watching a crime show. You're watching a TV show. And something that you're struggling with is going to come across the TV and you're going to be tempted right there. So really, fasting from TV may be your thing for a while. 
you're going to find out what you're doing and what you're struggling with because you self-examine yourself. You're going to say, that is what needs to go, and that is keeping me from a breakthrough with my Jesus. We'll talk about what this breakthrough means, but let me, let me break this down a little bit. Humble means to submit yourself. Resist means keep fighting against your daily sin. You have it. Keep fighting. It doesn't get easier. You do get stronger. Surround yourself in the right atmosphere with the right friends. Hey, listen, the one thing that's going to get you is going to be toxic relationships. Evaluate your friends and evaluate them hard. Come close means pursue him. The word will, remember that this is the promise. That if you draw closer to him, he will draw closer to you. Wash, get right with the Lord. And loyalty, stay true to what matters most. And this is all built on a godly lifestyle, pursuing or promptings of the Holy Spirit, and godly principles. This is a combination thing. This is like mathematics. Fasting is volunteering yourself, right? It's volunteering yourself. Now, you may choose to fast, or you may get called to fast, all right? The prompting of the Holy Spirit may come over you and say, it's time to set this aside and draw closer to me. You may be called to fast. You need to be obedient. You may want to, you may need a breakthrough. Now, remember, you're not manipulating the system. You're not manipulating God by saying, if I do this, if I give up food, if I give up TV, if I give up my friends, if I give up this, then you're going to give me that. No, 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 no. Let me tell you what fasting does for you in a nutshell. Fasting is going to break you down so that you can examine what matters most. It's going to remove things in your life that are distracting you. It's going to turn down the noise in your life so that you can focus. Everybody has a thing where you do it, and when you're done, you're broken down, okay? So, for instance, if you enjoy uh, running or fitness or whatever the case may be, when you're done with the workout, you're what? You're exhausted, right? And that's the time when you're just kind of like, whew, your priorities are falling in line. You're just like, whew, that was great. I know that I needed that. I'm open to suggestions. If you walk into it, Sometimes you're nervous, sometimes you're fearful, you're dreading what you don't know, the fear of the unknown. But when you're done with it and you're through with it, it's broken you down to the point where you can say, okay, you know what, I'm open, I'm open to that, right? It's the same thing with my children. You know, there's times where I walk in, I'm just like, okay, this is what's got to get done, this is what's got to get done, this is what's got to get done. And then Jensen says, daddy, and I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. What do you want? What do you need, right? There's certain things in my life that just immediately hold me where I'm at, just halt me, and they break me down. That's what fasting does for you. It breaks you down to the point where you maybe have really nothing left so that then and only then you hear from the Lord. See, the Lord may be speaking to you this whole time, but you've got so much going on. You're balancing so much. You're juggling so much. You're going to work. You're trying to keep a relationship with your spouse. You're throwing your kids. They're doing barrels out, out the car for soccer or softball or baseball, wherever the case may be. You're picking them up. You're throwing dinner through McDonald's in the drive-thru. You're going home. You're tucking them in. You're just like, by the way, I love you, and on to the next day. You'll never hear from the Lord if that's how you live your life. Slow down evaluate what's important to you, and if you need to say, you know what, I don't really think I know what's important to me. I think that I do. Fasting will reevaluate and align your priorities, I promise you, and the Lord will begin to speak. You'll begin to hear his voice, but it's a voluntary thing. Nobody's going to make you do this. Matthew 6, 16 says, when you fast, don't be obvious about it, right? Don't go anywhere and say, oh, 
I'm so spiritual, I'm fasting. Look at me, I'm fasting. Don't go up and say, you know what, um, in 30 days, I bet you I'm 20 pounds lighter. They're going to be like, what's that? I'm going to fast. Oh, are you now? Okay, then. Very good. Good for you. Good luck. And when you fast, don't be obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable. Not that you won't be. You will be. So the people will admire them for their fasting. Don't do it for the wrong reasons. Self-examine yourself. Be called or willingly choose it, but don't do it for the wrong reasons. You'll just be hungry and angry, and that is what you'll get out of your fast. It's also important that you see in Matthew 9, 15 that we should probably do this somewhat regularly. It says, and then they will fast. This was a part of their lifestyle back then. Then they will. There was, there was this story, there was this wedding going on, and then at the end they said, and then they're going to fast, right? It's just like they, they already knew that this was a part of their culture. This was a part of their lifestyle. They just knew that this was going to be the time when we celebrated something that we're just going to go in. We're just going to draw closer to the, uh, closer to the Lord. And Jesus went out and fasted. I, one of the first questions when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus. I'm going to say, what did you and God talk about on the mountain when you fasted for 40 days? What was that? There's no way you were talking that whole time. There's no way. What were you doing? Were you just, were you just up there? Just getting, because, you know, remember, Jesus, you don't have to fast because you're in a bad place in time. Remember, Jesus just came off preaching, and it was an awesome day. And who led Jesus into the desert? The Spirit did. You'll see in the scripture, it was the Spirit, it was the prompting of the Spirit that led him into the desert. And in that time, he has great conversation with God. He's disciplining himself. He's having, you know, he's having discussions with Satan. And what does, and, and how does he always respond to Satan in the desert? By scripture. And Satan's like, hey, he says, I'm ruler of this world. You and I both know that, Jesus. Do this, and I'll give you this. And he's just like, mm, that's not really how it's going to fly. A lot will transpire in your, in your fasting. And you will come out the other side closer. Closer to the Father, closer to the Lord. We sacrifice, this is really cool. This, here's a food for thought. We sacrifice Things now, like food and taste and things like that, because we know where we're going. Think about that for a second. We are going to go to heaven, and we will see Jesus face to face, and we will spend eternity if you know him as your Lord and Savior. So sacrifice some things now. Get to know the Savior that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Kind of cool. Get to know your Savior as much as you possibly can here and now on this earth, because you are going to spend the rest of your life eternity with him. Know him as much as you can. Enjoy his presence. Don't just wait and hold on and be like, well, I know Jesus. And heaven is heaven, whatever, whatever it is, and yeah, I'll be with Jesus. But isn't it nice to know? Isn't it nice to know a little bit about where, where we're going? I love that. Remember, fasting is counter-cultural, so it's going to be incredibly hard. And I just want to reiterate the misconception, right? We're not fasting to be blessed. You might be blessed out of it, but that's not why we do it. We do it to draw closer to Jesus. At the end of the day, when you strip it all down... We fast to draw closer to Jesus because we want to know him. We want to hear from him. When you are hearing from the Lord and you know what's next and he gives you a little snippet of what life is going to be like, that may be the breakthrough that you've been looking through, that you've been looking for. But you may not have been getting it because your life was taking precedence over, over everything that he laid his life down for. Fasting gets you ready for God's answer, not to manipulate it. Fasting breaks us down. Fasting... Uh, allows us to receive the Lord's will, right? If you're tired, if you're ready, if you're broken down, and then God says, hey, listen, this has been my will for you the whole time, but you weren't ready to receive it. Not only are you only looking to hear from Jesus or from the Holy Spirit, you're also looking to be that friend for somebody else. 
It may save a life, but it makes you, makes you more receptacle to listening to the Lord's will. Fasting is an invitation. Fasting is about grace. Fasting is about humbling yourself. It's a lifestyle of worship. I love Matthew 23, 12. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Mm. So choose humility first as you dive into the idea. And you're going to go home tonight, and this is how you should pray. Lord, is this something for me now? It's the season of my life where this is how I need to hear from you. You may go home tonight and, be, and say, you know what? I love it. I like it. I value it. I support it. I appreciate it. I want it. And the Holy Spirit may say, this isn't time for you. You and I, we've been speaking. I've already put things in place. You're following my steps. I'm leading you. Just continue to trust. That may be the season of life that you're in. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I have no idea what's next. And I would do anything to hear from the Spirit. Okay, now, this may be something for you. This may be something for you. Maybe you're coming out of a really dark season, and you just need to feel loved, and you just need to hear from Jesus. Maybe this is for you. Maybe this is a time and a season where you should begin to ask yourself, is this for me? Am I being called to fast? Am I trying to do something? I don't, I don't want you to think that, like, you know, you, you pull, like, the Jesus card where you have this altar call, and you're just like, if you want to grow closer to Jesus today, you need to be at the altar. Everyone's like, well, okay, well, I, I guess I have to go down, right? Because if I'm the only one at the seat, then everyone's going to know that, like, I don't want Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying think about it. Begin to pray about it. Is this a time in my life where I need a breakthrough? Maybe you just got through a breakthrough. Fasting is about removing something for more of God, not manipulating it and demanding something and asking for something. Now, you can ask all you want. And he may say, absolutely, I've been, I've been waiting a long time for you to ask, and I'm very willing and ready to give this to you. Have you humbled yourself? Are you ready to submit to me? And you may say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I have fasted. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm vulnerable. He may say, wonderful. This is for you. Ask all you want. Sometimes we get this idea that, like, you, you hear ask, and, and, and God's going to be like, no, you shouldn't ask. Absolutely. Ask, ask your heart out. Ask your heart out. He may be, you may be ready to, to receive it now. And if you're not ready to receive it before fasting, you may be ready to receive it after fasting. The promise still stands there. It's just when you are ready to receive it, and Jesus knows when you're ready and when you're not ready, he will give it to you. He does want to bless you. I want, to, I want you to hear that today. Can I say that again? Jesus does very much want to love and bless you. He does want to very much. And when you're ready to receive that blessing, when you're ready and you've humbled yourself and you've put away these sinful things and you're tackling them and you're owning them and you're walking through them and you're saying, I'm open, Jesus, that I have this problem and I've been living this lifestyle. But as long as you just keep owning, you're just like, well, I, I can be a Christian and I can do this thing. Jesus can be Lord of my life half the time and the other times not. We, we've been really tackling that hard. Jesus is either Lord of your life or he's Lord of none of it. He's either Lord of all of it or he's Lord of none of it. You can't have it both ways. Sometimes I wish we could, and that's my flesh speaking out. That's my sinful desire speaking out. Here's some beginner steps I want to share with you real fast. Start small if you begin to fast a little bit. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I get very tempted when I watch. Let me, let, me share, let me share some of these things, okay? Let me get into that first real fast. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You're hearing that? That's a promise waiting for you at the end of your fast. Start small, plan out what you'll do instead of eating, consider how it affects others, right? When I, when, when I, and since I'm not doing it right now, 
I can tell you a little bit about it. When I fast, I tell Tristan, hey, you're the only person other than Jesus that knows this is going on. Therefore, when it's from this day to this day, please don't make tacos. <laughs> please don't make burritos. And if you're making for the kids, then I'll just come in like this, and I'll just sit and say, how, how, how's your day going, guys? You know, like plan out so you don't get tempted because we're, we're really weak people, okay? Do not deprive one another. 1 Corinthians 7, 5, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Fasting, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Fasting, but then come back together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Fasting, this is for you. If you're going to go into this, if you're thinking about this, if you're taking this serious, this is it. Learn and love this verse, 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Different kinds of fasting. There is a complete fast. Liquids only. May God have mercy on your soul and you hear exactly what you need to hear. There's a selective fast, right? Like a Daniel fast where they, you know, they go for 10 days and you got fruits and vegetables and nuts, right? And wheat and things like that. There's a complete fast. There's a selective fast. There's a partial fast, like from like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's a soul fast. Social media, TV, movies. Hey, I don't even know where you're at and I know you need a social fast. I know you need a soul fast. I am so refreshed when I cannot access my phone. I love it. A complete fast, a selective fast, a partial fast, and a soul fast. Bam, join me. How to prepare for a fast. Hear from God to do it or want to draw closer to him. Write things down because you will be tempted. Literally, write it down on your bathroom mirror. I am fasting. Because right now, I decided last night, after I ate dinner, that a fast would be a really good idea. But now I smell burritos. And I very much would like to go downstairs and have a moment with my family around the dinner table as we, like, hold hands and pray. You said fast. Stick to it. Remind yourself. Write it down because you will be tempted. Get rid of the junk food in your kitchen. Take a break from the TV, the social media. 